welcome to I Might Be Wrong. This week, we have a guest episode for you. We caught up with Craig Evans, who you might remember from our Kano episode. Unfortunately, we weren't able to use our usual recording setup, but we were able to catch him for a Skype chat. So here we go. Enjoy. We promised guests and we are delivering. We've got Craig back. How are you doing, Craig? What's good? How are you boys doing? Yeah, yeah, good. pretty good. Yeah, back back for another education, I think, today. <laughs> doing a lot. So I'm looking forward to it. What was the girl who came on after the Kano one and did Keisha. a garage? Keisha. Yeah, yeah Keisha, was... an old friend of mine. Yeah, it was a good chat, and I don't know why it's taken us quite so long to bring you back, but we've explained our reasons. We don't need to do it again here. Uh, so, <laughs> so last time you came on, we talked a bit about the what late 90s early thousands london scene you've got more london scene but much more recent who have you brought to the table today so today i thought it'd be quite cool to uh talk about probably my favorite i don't even want to call him a new school artist but i guess i guess it, it, he's not really a new school artist now there's actually a whole new wave that i've got fuck all like any understanding <laughs> about um but yeah i thought it'd be cool to talk about dave probably my favorite non-old school uk artist let's put it that way mm-hmm. and he he's one of those we sort of briefly mentioned this before we got started he's one of those that i had no idea who he was and all of a sudden he was just everywhere from i think from my perspective two specific things which were the glastonbury tiago silver thing where he dragged the dude out of the crowd who was just, <laughs> just brilliant uh, and the other one was the the Brit performance, which I assume you want to talk about a little bit more later on in the podcast. How did you come across him? So that was one of, one of the reasons that I thought it'd be cool to talk about. When, my, when when we spoke previously, and I know, you know, I think you'll identify with this a lot, Rich, is the thing that made, as well as him being an unbelievable artist, right? No, you cannot take away from Kane's artistry. A lot of what ties me to him is about the lived experience those mm-hmm. times i spent with friends in that environment a very very new scene so it was a very you know it was a limited club there's videos you'll see on youtube where there's load of guys around a turntable and a mic and it looks like a two by four size room and 30 people mm-hmm. all with hoodies and jackets they're sweating <laughs> gloves and like if you didn't live that you won't really have a full understanding that there's a real difference in sort of my in how i consume that type of music however dave was much much later for me and now mm-hmm. i think i found him quite early in terms of like his rise really with um the album i su- suggested to you guys in terms of six paths which mm-hmm. i don't know what time that must be 2016 and so I think he's probably been active a few years before, well, quite a few years before that. So artists nowadays, they've got this, it's like their YouTube back catalogue, right? Which is mm-hmm. not, that's a thing. So you've got this, what you first started when we first captured you generally on YouTube. Now that whole bit, sort of the underground media at the time, Link Up TV, I weren't really in it like that at that time. I was an adult, do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I didn't get to know him from three stars on youtube which by the way are hard so go look at them as well but that's not how i came up on him I, i'm not even sure what song it was it might have been this tune he's got with gigs i didn't tell you not to listen to this but there's a tune called pellegrino where he's just got 
unbelievable, unbelievable bars. He's just such a good lyricist. I don't know if that was after Six Pass, but Six Pass as an album, as a piece of work, I hadn't heard a UK artist do that for very many, many years. Because if, if you look at his um, the the back catalogue, kind of started in 2016. Um, this is only going from the Wikipedia page on him, but before that he was just releasing a few singles and and he wasn't really that well known but it it looks like drake did a remix of of one of his songs and i think that might have just helped him along yeah so that that's the big turning point or you would assume the thing about it sort of oh, so I, we did this on kano last time and i'm mindful <laughs> about you know, talking about bare things Let, let's take a step back tell us a little bit about dave as an artist yeah let's start with that i mean so i guess what initially drew me to his music is his his he's a lyricist and i think that at that time there wasn't the focus on lyricism so Mm -hmm. you've got that era and he's not a grime artist like he certainly can spit on grime and that's one of his best things he's so versatile you know he's got that garage flow type thing he can do but He's a rapper. He is a hip hop dude, which also at that time wasn't hugely popular. So in terms of him as an artist, I guess the best thing, like if you listen to that Six Paths, it was almost a throwback, yet very modern in terms of like the feel of the music. It felt very, very authentic. There was this focus on lyricism and metaphors. There's so many quotables. Like in in six songs, there's so many quotables there, there's um in i think the first song on six paths is called six paths and the concept of the album is brilliant yeah you know this guy i think he must have been i'm sure the last track on that album is not is he's, i can't remember if it's called 19th birthday but he talks about the fact that he's only just 19 so that's the other thing that's super striking actually sorry mm-hmm. again i've just gone all over the place but <laughs> when i first got in bear in mind at 2015 what's that five years ago i'm like 30 or approaching 30 i'm a big man so a lot of the new music isn't for me. And I accept that. There's plenty of stuff. I'm not really into the drill thing. I don't mind it. I don't have no issue with it. But it's just it's just not for me. It's not the time of my life or whatnot. But that first song, you have no idea this is an 18-year-old speaking to you. It is just unfathomable, the reasoning and experience he'd already had. Obviously, he's got a lot of personal stuff we can go on to. He's got a brother who's doing a long bid in prison. He's from the roads and whatnot. But... Yeah, literally, I remember listening to the album and then listening to the last song, and I didn't know that he was that young. It was it was really striking. It's quite it's quite a catchy way to start because it, it's violins that kick in. It's the first thing that you hear. It's like, wait a second. To me, it's different to what I would expect someone from from Stratum to to come out with. He's got he's got some violins and he's got some kind of almost classical style coming in there. It's one of the things that struck me as well, and something that I went and had a look for to see where he's coming from on this is the fact that he has that classical he learned classical piano right so okay, he's I've got that I've played the piano yeah and, and so he's got that side of the musicality coming in which which put me in mind of Kano and I know I'm flogging a bit of a dead horse here we all know that I, I really love Kano after you came mm. on last time and introduced us to him but there's an element of musicality there where there's detail and understanding of how that works alongside the hip hop side of things that you get from really only the the great artists and that crossover. And you talked about it already, the, the genre bending things where he walks through a bunch of different sounds just in these six tracks. 
Definitely. I mean, you're right in terms of making that sort of musicality link between... I mean, I guess it's just the style of music that really gets me as well, clearly. Mm-hmm. But he's got that that sample hip-hop style. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, it's not unusual to hear a melodic before you hear the big beat and the big drums. And yet it isn't played out. It's not... Like at that time... Music all sounded the same. They said Grime was dead, and it was that era, that post-Wiley, post-Kano, 2014 to sort of, I don't know, whenever Stormzy pretty much came about, and even maybe you could argue that's not the case. Do you know what I'm saying? There wasn't really a style for UK uh, black music, let's just say, more generally. And I just thought it was such a... It's a very specific decision from such a young man. And that's before we even start thinking about the content as well as the just sick bars, like sick work. <laughs> like there's one there's one bar in um six piles where it says I'll put numbers in squares like dates on a calendar. Had everyone dressed in black like I'm coming here trying to unlock a new character. And it blew my mind. I was like, what and this is like it's a hard thing to do to still have new shit even the most creative stuff even the most sick bars it is really difficult to come up with new ideas and and it's laden there's so many quotables in that six songs it's laden i was gonna make a point on that because he he just constantly delivers to the point where i wanted to start writing them down i was like oh this is good and then this is good and you kind of think hang on this is you're just writing out the whole lyrics to the the entire song because he's he's just constantly saying really really thought-provoking provoking messages it's cool and that thought-provoking thing is something that he's become very known for i mean we mentioned the, the brits performance already but that was hugely i mean at the time controversial in terms of they got a load of complaints from idiots but also it added to the discussion and sort of brought that discussion more into the mainstream i think that as much as anything else that happened around then for for those who didn't see it rich what what was the what was the background what what happened i'll let craig talk through that (laughs) he's here to talk about this stuff uh, so we'll, we'll definitely dive deeper into the performance. Check it out on YouTube. The performance was about, um, it was his song Black. I can't even remember what album that was on, but that was another hard album. Might have been an EP, actually. It was on Psychodrama, wasn't it? I oh, was on Psychodrama. There you go. Damn, Psychodrama feels like ages ago now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so sick, sick tune and unreal performance. But I guess the other thing I should say about Dave before we even get to that part, and it's one other reason why he's such an important artist. Like my son loves him. My son loves mm-hmm. him. And it's because this is, that's not new. And he's not like a wave jumper. He's a very authentic dude. He dropped the next EP called Game Over. And there was a song on there called Question Time. All very highly political stuff. Stuff that you get told as a industry guy, don't rap about this. We don't need to hear you mm-hmm. do it and that's it's like an eight minute song the second tune on that ep he's always had very outspoken views about normal life and i think it's so important for the people that he's speaking to and i also think it's very difficult so um henry you just, you mentioned it like when did people sort of know dave and a lot of people were introduced to him because he um did a he did a so on that six past ep there's a track called want to know and it's a sick song and again i cannot stress enough 
at that time for a UK dude to be doing this. It's just, it wasn't done. It's very brave at 17 or 18 or whatever he would have been. But Drake picked up the tune and remixed it. And that is a banger as well. But the OG song is better, in my opinion. And maybe that's because of the time of which I heard it. So that puts you into the industry. You know what I'm saying? That means that you've got relationships. And he's actively worked them. You talk to, you know, he's got great marketing. He's, as you, I think you know, Rich, I, I collect trainers. Mm-hmm. Dave was very much an active part of the streetwear scene. There's a lot of really iconic photo shoots of him. The one that stands out is a, is a Stone Island one where the jumper's like a reflective jumper and it changes with the heat. Very striking picture. So the guy's active. He's independent, which is another... I can't stress how important that is at his age to be able to make these moves, build these relationships, but still stay so true to his sounds and his message. Yeah, sick. It's a really strong combination of, of things he's got in terms of, like you say, his marketability and the fact that he's worked that hard but he's also he's a very smart guy i briefly watched an interview or two with him and he's he's thoughtful he's considered in in how he talks about things and i can't imagine that he hadn't thought through the consequences of of some of the things that he's been outspoken about and decided that this is what he needs to stand for and coming from his background you can sort of understand why. I mean, reading briefly about what happened with his parents and his brother, I mean, that's a lot to go through when you're a kid. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the environment, the thing is, it is, it, it's shit, but it's also, it's not unique, right? And mm-hmm. and that's that's a great thing. Like, whenever you hear him talking in his music, he's, he's exceptionally proud. And the stuff that went on with his brother is not cool. Do you get what I'm saying? It's a real problem in in black culture in general i don't know if you know the story but his brother's doing like an 18 for being involved in a stabbing where a boy like 15 years old lost his life so that's that's not cool wherever where you cut it so it's it's a lot of trauma and he talk, that's another thing that's what i'm saying for somebody's age he talks so eloquently about trauma and in my line of work i work with kids manage a children's home and it's only over the last five years or so that professionals at the highest level were accepting and rolling out a more consistent approach towards how you work with vulnerable kids. It's trauma-informed practice. Understanding that due to the experiences we have, our brains physically change. So we are different as a result of those things. And therefore, we need to be mindful of that in how we work with people. So to have somebody who's 17, 18 and talking so descriptively, and that's another thing as well. If you want to talk about him as an artist, like technically, like the guy's so sick. It's just a rapper. As a rapper's rapper, you think of people like Redman, Method Man, Tech Nine, people who were just rappers, rappers, Andre 3000, the sick bars. But to be able to do that, have that level of talent, but also great storytelling like unreal vivid stories like you can you can really live it all of his work there's always a a clear pattern do you know what i'm saying like there's a a journey he takes you through with the level of knowledge and understanding for somebody of that age it really did blow my mind he's he's really socially aware as well to the point where i can from my background which is totally different to his i can still listen to it and and immediately understand what he's trying to tell me some rap music i struggle to get into just because it's so so distant from what i know 
but mm. with him as, as soon as you start speaking you can just hear and you can kind of empathize with him straight away it's it's, it's brilliantly delivered and I, I guess when you talk about that that is another thing in it it's his delivery and his cadence is so on point he is a very listenable artist like for example i'm a fan of gets who's also just dropped a sick album conflict of interest if you've not heard that like that's it is so so good it's not quite made in the manner type level but certainly hoodies all summer unbelievable mm-hmm. piece of work and such growth from gets but some people don't like gets they don't like his cadence they don't like how he sounds on a track and i get that whereas i just think he's such a listenable artist six paths i do martial arts and kickboxing i fight six paths has been my walkout song since 2015 like the song the minute i hear it just just hits me in all the right places gets me pumped i've had some unbelievable walkouts and great performances as a result of that exact song <laughs> it's, it's some, some brilliant tension in the way that song kind of yeah. just builds up and builds up and builds up it's it, it, it's great I think that's my, my favourite song, actually, of, of the whole EP. That is a good word, Tension. But that last tune on now, let me just check exactly what the name of it is called. 71 End Credits. Oh, mate. That song is just wild. What did you think? I wanted to bring that up, actually. I really like yeah. it. I love the flow through the song in terms of the way it kind of builds and then drops away. And I love the risk taking with having the speakerphone conversation with his i think his mum i assume mom, I think. yeah when when he's in the studio at one in the morning she's like where, where are you so, so i'm in the studio I'm, I'm coming home in a bit i'm getting a lift it's such a real conversation but most people would have thrown that away and just stuck with the music that you were aiming to make but he's gone no this this works and it works in the context of of what i'm doing and i love that i mean it's just I'm not really a massive fan of like, like it's a catchy hook in it. And that's not usually what I'm looking for just in, in general as a, as a massive sweeping statement, but uh, 71, I just, I just such a, it's just so vivid. Yeah. He's saying so many important things on it. Yeah. I'm trying like, to retire at 40 and I'm sitting yeah. here thinking I'm 39. I'm about, <laughs> <laughs> but you could just, just from somebody, again and i I don't want to overdo it but for somebody of that age given that and the reason i'm saying it about his age is that it's something that at my age and my experience to still be able to talk to me and to talk to well not just all these young dudes but clearly you know yourself henry and rich do you know what i mean it says something and at that age and i do for age makes a big difference if you can still talk to me when i'm thinking about mortgages and where my son's going to school and shit like that like i think it's it's, it's a mark of your your character yeah absolutely and it is we talked a bit about like his childhood and i think that there's a level of maturity that comes with having to deal with a lot of that shit and i mean his his father came over to the uk on what he thought was a a a visa that would allow him to be here for a while turned out he was on a tourist visa and so he got deported back so it was his nurse mother that raised him and two brothers i think and so then to have that and then his older brother going to prison for involvement in like you say some some really unfortunate shit like you grow up quickly but it leaves a huge mark and this and psychodrama really emphasize a lot of that you can see the conflict in him you know being 
mature and having to be there for his mum. But there's also flashes of this angry kid who's just furious at what the world has dealt him as a hand is really powerful stuff. And I think the thing is, he never comes off. I never find him come off as like, he's not bitching. He no. always comes across as very focused and very, you're right. Obviously given, you know, life experience, you do, you, you grow up. Even when you have to grow up to be able to, translate that to language and he was always a smart guy he talks about himself could have gone uni just wasn't his thing but always a smart guy you can hear it when he talks that he's a clearly a very intelligent man but to be able to articulate that in the in the way that he does through his music and very unapologetically and he's, he's a brave guy as well like he's a vulnerable guy in his music which is a mm. tough thing especially if you consider those experiences there's one tune and it's called hangman and he talks about because he had a tweet once and i i do remember it because i saw it and i'm sure something it basically said something about how basically maybe maybe the police should be able to stop and search now obviously that's a very emotive thing and consider his experience right Mm -hmm. and he got a lot of backlash for it like people saying how can you say that you know what the police are on rare tear tear and he actually addresses it in the tune hangman where he says basically something about the fact that how he he was exploring himself basically what does he say some good intentions but didn't have to word them oh gosh Dave, just every time is so, and you can get lost in it. You can get lost, and you consider there's a tune like Hangman, as well as a tune mm-hmm. like Tiago Silva, which you talked about earlier, which is also a banger. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the um the, the viral clip where he brought up what's the boy's name? Alex. Alex. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I was. That's the one I was thinking. Of. I actually went back and watched it earlier today because I was like. I'd watched it at the time because I'd heard all the kind of stuff around it. And I was like, what, yeah. what the hell is this all about? And I always watch chunks of Glastonbury. Even if I'm not there, I always want to watch some of the performances. So I ended up watching that because it was like, it was one of the most talked about moments from that Glastonbury weekend. Was he on the West Holt stage? I think. I don't know which stage he was on, but it went everywhere because it was the, it's kind of football, social media, music, social media, and general Glastonbury attracts coverage anyway so all these different cultures got together and just zoomed in on that moment it was brilliant and i just think that i mean watching it how did you feel like i couldn't watch it without smiling like yeah, i was yeah. gas and that stuff could it could easily come across as sort of corny or pandering or could have gone hugely wrong right but it wasn't the guy came up <laughs> every bar was so happy to be you i mean how happy was that boy and everybody else was so happy for him because he was so, like you what like we said uh, about being there and that other part to music right there is the artistry and there's the the talent and the technical brilliance and that's all great really important but there is something about how you connect with the people who listen to your music how you make these moments special and for someone who's only in such an early part of their career he's got bare special moments <laughs> like so many of these iconic thought-provoking like that bit where where was i in time like i'm imagine watching i don't i don't go and watch all the shows on, on glastonbury or whatever if, if i'm it comes on bbc doesn't it mm-hmm. so i say whatever and i'll flick over to the odd stage if there's somebody that i know or there's a particularly interesting performance but it's not like a go-to for me glastonbury was never sort of like that i 
festivals weren't really a thing. Like I said, I was r- raves in it. Yeah. But watching that, I was so hyped. I must have watched it about four times. And Mrs. loved it. The boy loved it. Just somebody so happy. And he spit every bar. Obviously, it's not Dave's bar. It's AJ Tracy's bar. Which is, and that's a tune as well. But it does. It shows his versatility, but his connection to fans and understanding the need to have those moments. Yeah. And you've got to imagine, like, he's absolutely made that kid's Glastonbury. Because you could imagine that that kid's probably spent months, maybe even a couple of years, like, rapping along with that in his bedroom time after time just learning all the lyrics getting it down getting good at it it's probably him and his mates have been like they've been like you're really good at that because he's done it before right he's brought other people up before to to do that so i'd assume that they were specifically like we've got to get down there we've got to get to the front of the crowd he's got his tiago silver jersey on which i can only imagine they did that specifically to try and catch dave's eye and then to get to do that, like he'd have been buzzing. I can't imagine he remembers the rest of the weekend because he'd just been absolutely shit faced after that. Well, I saw him do about, he must have done about, well, probably bare more. He'd done a bunch of interviews as a result of it, right? And mm-hmm. and again, even that, it never like, in fairness to him, it, it, it never, I never came, like, never came across corny. It never came across like right. you're eating out or you're taking advantage. It felt like such an authentic, genuine moment, and you could tell how much he cared about it, how much he loved it. He got into it. He was brave. <laughs> it was it's just, it was just so good. It was so good. I'm gonna watch it again once we're done, just because I'm thinking about it. I just, yeah, no, the guy's a hugely talented guy, and he's had these. These moments that he's managed to create, like I say, that's he was really big in the sneaker game. I know streetwear culture in general, and that Stone Island picture is a pretty well-known one and revered one, given, again, what the boy has achieved. Because he, he, he won the Mercury's, um, and that's probably where I really listened to his music. I knew about the Tiago Silva song because that was everywhere. But with that Mercury win, that's when I listened to Psychodrama, I guess, which is, that's the album that, that, that won it. And I remember we got this little WhatsApp group and I messaged on it when he'd won. And I said, said Dave's won. I said something like, it's a pretty kind of straightforward, safe bet for the Mercury's because normally the Mercury's goes off and does some weird stuff. And I think what I meant by that was it's just really solid music. And often the Mercury's just, they pick someone weird to try and get attention. But it sounded like Dave's album wasn't this kind of attention seeking craziness actually he was just it was just a straightforward album you know he was kind of speaking from the heart which was which was kind of nice actually like, normally the mercury's is a bit weird mm. and i think look let's not get it twisted like even though like he's, he's got relationships hasn't he and that's what i'm saying he's actively managed them and true yeah to stay very true to his authenticity i don't think you can you know the game is the game and he was very well known early on as well mm. and his brother had good connections blah 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 so you know all good but work rate as well that's what thi- one thing people say about him the guy when he's when he's on job it's relentless and that psychodrama album is a, is a very 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 good album six parts is easily my favorite easily mm. and, and yeah. game over is actually really good as well but psychodrama is for an album and when you consider that this wasn't an ep and it's a uh, a major release effectively i think it's it's great it's got some huge songs on there obviously black i mean that song is it's again such a brave thing to talk about people will tell you 
maybe it's, don't talk about this man it's powerful that all the lyrics and they you can't just when i was listening to it through you just you stop what you're doing and you listen because he's not he's not messing around in that song so some of the songs are quite light-hearted but this one's just he's straight talking mm, mm. and I, I think he does it in a real vivid articulate way sorry rich Oh no, I was going to say, I was trying to work out what the timeline was between this and then the major Black Lives protest. And I'm pretty sure this was this was early, like six or 12 months earlier than the main kind of mainstream wave of Black Lives Matter in the UK. And and to me, that just shows that he's, he's really on the, not on the pulse, because that makes it sound like it's a marketing thing. And it's not, it's clearly not but really aware of important issues that need to be raised and the fact that he's on the front edge of that in the UK. When was the Brit performance? I'm trying to think. Because Psychodrama, what was that? That must have been 2019. 2019, yeah. And even at that time, there was definitely a... Because what was... The protest were what, last summer, in it? Last year, 2020. So the album would have dropped before, before the protest, for sure. Yeah, so it was right at the start of this year, before covid properly right. kicked in yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. February makes, time. he's he's kind of been at the forefront of not I don't, that's not that's not fair not forefront but let's just say a very established voice on issues that face young people black people black boys do you know what i'm saying and 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 so it's a it's a very natural thing for him to do and you could tell the thing is the tune itself you know henry hearing you talk about it it's funny because I have exactly the same takeaway. You know, it is a song where you, you need to listen. You have to listen. And it's it's no chore to listen. There are some lyricists who are so, so good. And they're, you know, they go from one bit to the other. And this, you know, triple on challenges everywhere. And it's a <laughs> yes. science test to understand. Whereas it's very easy to listen, but you have to listen. You want to listen. Yet, it's not simple. It's not making an ABC for you to get it. It's just a, a extremely, just extremely talented man. But you do that song, right? That song, which is so sick. And at the time, if you listen to Psychodrama, you come away from that. Black's going to be up there. There's an next tune called Stratton, which is so hard as well. But, um, mm. Black's going to be up there. So he's got this, um, he's created this unbelievable piece of work. And then you go and make it a performance. And the performance is separate from the song. The yeah. performance stands alone. And it's almost a different song, even though it's obviously exactly the same concept, same song. But it's a different thing. And how much, how important it was, how vulnerable he was, how brave it is. You, say, you know, you do that knowing full well, knowing full well what you're going to get. You know, and yet managed to sort of transcend no matter what camp you were kind of in, provided you weren't a raging lunatic racist, you had to respect what that man had done that day. And actually, for me, as, as a black man, obviously it spoke to me differently, but I didn't come across thinking this is ours, like as in just black people's. I came across thinking this is very British, this is very working class. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, it was really interesting for me because I I listened to it and I had to go away and spend some time thinking about it and reading commentary online just to really understand it better because it's one of those things where I didn't really know him as an artist. I didn't know his background at the time. I wanted to understand that better. And once you do that, 
it's an even more powerful message. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's just got a really good way. You're, you're right. Did you say Richie has his finger on the pulse? Because I, I do think he does. I think he's always, and that's, you know, people say that about Jay-Z, right? Jay-Z had this unbelievable talent, despite being around since, you know, 92. His first album, I think, was maybe 96, but well-known in that area of hip-hop in New York. But yet, he was able to make music in 94 and 96 and 99 and 2004 and 2010. And, two, and these are six different eras of hip-hop and dave has definitely displayed this ability to do that I've, I've heard him spit bars on dual tunes still being very dave but completely natural completely comfortable and and adding to it you know contributing to it he's definitely got a, a way of of knowing exactly what it is you want yeah it's him as an artist man yeah, yeah. A talent like that isn't going anywhere he's, he's just going to be you kind of know that you he'll keep releasing stuff that you can listen to yeah i think that's the thing it's that combination of those those three key things of his vocal ability and whether that's writing the lyrics or delivering the lyrics the musicality and then like you say the authenticity that he has he's he's not you see those people that are trying to trying to be something to be marketable and he's not that he's being authentic which ironically makes him way more marketable even though he's not that's not his aim and on that that point about authenticity craig i was going to ask you a question at at the end of 71 he's got his mum on voicemail and that comes onto the song is that a normal thing to get kind of to name check your mother and all this in 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 black music is is that common or is that a dave thing so it has been done so there are plenty of outros where you've got you know your mom your sister i've heard somewhere you know you might be on the phone to somebody in jail or whatever so it has been done but again with that said it definitely didn't feel like oh he's just doing the outro that isn't that's not how it felt it felt like a a very much credible important part of of that song and i just think considering if you listen to what he talks about throughout the song and the way the album has gone because obviously the idea of the album is i could have done all these different things in it but i'm doing music and he's got such a depth of understanding of all of these things whether it be roads or you know general idea of education and capitalism the idea of politics do you get what i'm saying he had yeah it speaks very knowledgeable about all of these different areas and richie touched on his upbringing and and the job you know he talks about himself that his mum had to do and when you've got an older siblings one who is definitely on the roads like that older brother was in the field get what i'm saying so it, yeah it, i'm just gonna pay all day for the rest of the weekend and, uh, <laughs> the thing is i went back and listened to six paths and i only really listened to six paths before we done this and generally dave is on rotation in in my car basically all the time but because i've had this gets album and i've done a few podcasts recently i probably haven't listened to dave in a while and just talking about that song hangman we've talked about tiago silver there is so many other songs there's this tune called pellegrino yeah i'm sure it's called pellegrino with gigs Mm -hmm. just listen to it just in terms of lyrics in terms of who is the best mc in the country i'll play that verse and I think anyone's struggling. Anyone is struggling to to go bar for bar. He's just he's just so good. <laughs> yeah. 
and he's he's another you talk about jay-z and those top stars kano obviously is is one of them now particularly in the in the uk scene but he's going down the same route of expanding not just that you talked about the trainer scene but also he has been in top boy which obviously got well known because kano's very heavily involved in that i don't think i've got as far as the bit where he's in there yet but you're a top boy fan we've talked about this in the past I assume acting is something that he'll probably go on and do a bunch of now. Wouldn't you? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, definitely, hundred percent. So Top Boy, he's he's great in Top Boy, but again, it's another example of so Top Boy. After I think the first two seasons, obviously really struggled to come back for that third season, the one with Dave in it, and Drake put the money up for that, and it's heavily accepted that. Dave had a lot to do about bringing that to the party, obviously. And the thing is, people talk about Drake and he gets a bit of a bad rap for being kind of soft and making sort of cornball music. But as a music man, he's actually, he's super sick. And what he does is he really does embed, like there was a lot of talk about Drake being a culture vulture. Does he just go to different scenes, different things with all his money, pick it up, do some shit accent on top of it and put it out there for himself. But I think that's a really unfair view because he actually does submerge himself in these various subcultures in black music. And if you have the resource and means to do that and actually contribute, put back in as many people he's put on, many people he's thrown out to Toronto or, you know, made sure lined up relationships. And he's obviously got himself involved with Top Boy. So he's done a lot for sort of the UK scene. But, you know, we, we don't know. I don't know any specific details, but you can only imagine that, that you know he's definitely used that relationship as as best he can you know drake's also big in the closed game and that stone island link so you know and that's how the game works and if you're that if you're that age with that history and you're able to get in like that and do your thing while remaining authentic and true to you i just think it speaks highly to his character and i think you're right you can act, drop an album, act, drop an album, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? And be done by whenever man said he would be. Yeah, that was something that amused me about 71 is the fact that I'm like, you're not someone that's going to retire at 40. You've got far too much drive. You'll end up doing all sorts of different stuff, but there's no way, there's no way he ends up retiring early. Like, even if he disappears from the mainstream scene, he'll still be doing he'll be things that are something. interesting to him. Yeah. And he's got his hand in so many pies. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he's got so many, so many things going as well as music. Just just go back, listen to every every album he's got. He's on and the thing is the albums won't you won't just like you'll find the albums the EPs and albums are on Spotify, but it has got a lot of like individual tunes. So that might be hard to come by because I don't really know. And like I say, it wasn't a scene that I was a part of, right? I happened to come across this guy. Whereas, like I said, there's going to be, there's bare mixtapes and stuff that I would have recorded off the radio, pirate radio. Oh, that's another, actually just a quick shout out. He won't even know I'm doing this, but there's going to be a documentary dropping on YouTube in April. And it's about a pirate radio station called Freeze FM, which was like a huge pirate radio station for west london and so every big mc at the time who was west would have been on there and you got all the old mcs and djs and people who are still in the music game or producers whatever now have contributed so it'd be a real good eye-opener to what it meant in terms of the scene 
<laughs> but for, obviously for Dave, that isn't the case. That was not my experience. I found him listen, literally listening to an um, listening to an album. I maybe saw some clips on YouTube. There's a series called The Black Box, which is just random MC spitting, and he's got a dope one of those on YouTube. So, and that was when he was very young. That's really quite popular. So that might have been it. But just, I don't think there's a bad verse that he's ever dropped. And they say that about Jay. I'm not even, I didn't come on here thinking, oh, I'm going to make this loose comparison to Jay-Z because that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I really don't want that to be anyone's takeaway. Um, but it's only as I'm talking, you think about how good he's been and the quality of work that he's put out. Honestly, if you can message me outside of this, if you find a bad Dave verse, I don't think there's one. <laughs> Fair enough. So if you got into any of his adjacent artists so you know there's always like those people that sort of that he's collaborated with that kind of stuff or or he is he more of like a standalone artist for you yeah he, he is he is like when he was younger he definitely had a crew and i won't really know about them not but as an artist he actually doesn't do bare collabs like he don't get me wrong he does work with individuals particularly big mcs and big sick mcs like if you are good but he doesn't really roll in a crew or certainly not in the time that I've followed him not like that not like Kano used to once upon a time be a nasty crew even Kano now you know you have a lot of collabs but he doesn't have you've got no posse cuts you get what yep. I'm saying but he did have a little run with AJ Tracy that's where that Tiago Silva put and they got a few tunes together and certainly in uh, AJ Tracy's way more industry in it that definitely helped Dave at that time but you've seen how he's grown and he's very much a standalone guy like when you see him even on telly he's not got he's not one of them who's always got 100 people around him he's very comfortable on his own and and holding it down fair enough i assume from what you've said so far that you've not seen him live i haven't seen him live yet so that's something sort out once once you're allowed to do that kind of stuff again i mean he sent i swear he had a tour for psychodrama and there was a there was a reason that i couldn't go i might have been fighting that weekend I'm actually right. almost certain that's exactly why. Because I, I wasn't with him early enough. But yeah, definitely. It must, 100% must do. Want, want to take your uh, take your son to. Yeah. By the sound of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's not far off being able to roll, actually. Given <laughs> he certainly thinks he can. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on. It's been really interesting and, and eye-opening to uh, to get into some more detail on Dave. I've certainly not spent enough time with him. So thanks for thanks for coming back on. Um, I was going to say, where can people find you online? But I guess at the moment it is just, it would be long snapper, but we're sort of taking a break for the off season. So Twitter? Edmunds at 162. Yep. We'll be back. We'll do some off-season content as well with a long snap. And I'll yeah. come back and talk some sort of music on here at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I'm sure we'll definitely have you back on again later in the year. It's always, always good to chat. Sweet. Thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, you're awesome. welcome. Cheers, mate. Thank you for listening to another episode of I Might Be Wrong.